Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and in here, we explore areas others fear to tread. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and creator of Wound Talking and The Original Wound. I'm also author of Finding Lily, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse and Divorce Matters. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And it's through my own personal journey I know how much this hurts and how confusing life becomes. So many questions, no real answers. And I'm on a mission to help and educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives, and helping them heal the wounds of our mothers and our fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. And you are very, very welcome. I wish you weren't. I wish this didn't exist and none of us had to go through this. However, from my point of view, I do see this as a gift. I do see this as an opportunity to delve in and to heal some really deep wounding and change people's lives. Not just my life, the people around me, as I said in the intro or I say in the intro, you know, I've been working with wounds for over 20 years. So it's 21 and a half years now. Past life wounding was how it started. I think I've been doing it in other ways, but not as on this deep level. Past life wounding is how it started in 2002 and and then around about 2013 I started working with ancestral wounds and clearing the ancestral trauma line and it gets passed through. It's a gift. It's like being something that's being gifted to you through the generations it's, uh, like a phrase, like a piece of jewellery. This happens. Children witness things. They experience things they shouldn't and To me, this now is an opportunity for us to stop it and say, it stops with me. Let me try and help my children who have been um, exposed to this environment. Our first seven to eight years of life is where we are moulded. And it's honestly my true belief that there are a few things that I believe. I believe that when a mother has a baby, that child tells her what it wants to be called. That child comes in with a set of instructions that it needs to carry out. It needs to experience. And I truly believe that if you have gone through this this form of abuse, it's your opportunity to heal the wounds that you might have brought in from other lives, to heal the wounds of your mothers and your fathers, to heal the wounds of your grandparents, to cut it now and say, now it's over with me, it stops here. This week I want to talk about coercive control. Again, it might be something that witnessed. I want to flip some of it around through the manipulation and the coercion, what can happen to you inside that makes you then do things like you might self-isolate. So I want to talk about that. I want to incorporate sexual coercion and financial coercion because they're huge as well, part of this. And I want to slip in some of the questions that are being asked are, how do you prove coercive control? And so I want to go over that. But I am celebrating with a big mug of tea because the Mindfuckery podcast is now at number five 
in Feedspot's charts for emotional abuse. So thank you so much for everybody who listens, everybody who supports me in whatever way you support me. My focus, I'm slightly changing it now, not with the podcast The podcast gets fed into YouTube. I have slowed down on what I've put on YouTube. I was working on a really exciting project over the summer and uh, it's about changing energies and changing belief systems and healing archetypal wounds. Again, it's this wounding. I really want to get involved in more of those projects and do some more work in that area as well. I will be bringing my YouTube channel back up to life, uh, freeing up a bit of space. I've sort of kept it going by having the podcast go into it. So there was something going in every week or most weeks. So the, the focus is changing and I really want to throw everything into a membership that supports men and women who are going through emotional abuse to help them not only heal, not only heal those wounds, but empower them to divorce emotionally, to get through that divorce process, if that's the route they're going down, to recover and to start to build up healthy relationships, maybe to do a bit of reparenting. So the whole encompassing of that healing process is going to be in there two tiers there will be that's where I want to focus all of my energy along with the podcast YouTube supporting it so there's a free level there's a really low cost level and there's a slightly uh, medium level in there as well I will talk about that now obviously the book's been launched I have got some other ideas of things that I want to do but I'm a little bit late for the one that I really should have pulled my finger out a few months ago and I've procrastinated over. But coercive control is what I really want to focus on. It seems to be a big topic at the moment that people are searching for and looking for. And as I said, I want to break it down into a few elements. On the 29th of December 2015, there was a law that was passed in England and Wales making coercive control illegal. It was then implemented in Ireland and Scotland and Other countries throughout the world have got their own version of it, or let me say some other uh, countries, not everyone. It's worth, if you can, finding out what's going on in your country. I have seen some movements that are happening, and I'm fairly sure in the US they are demonstrating against coercive control. I have talked about this in other podcasts, but I will recap because I think it's really important to understand and understand the terms, the terminology That's why Roe, the A to Z of emotional abuse, it's like a dictionary. You can look up the terms. So I'm going to cover coercive control. It's really important, as I said, to understand it can happen and continue to happen outside of the relationship when the relationship is broken down you might be going through divorce there's sections in divorce matters in fact divorce matters has really been written around the manipulation and the coerciveness of that process it was driven by passion for the abuse not to continue to empower people and help them break away and break those cycles and break those invisible chains that connect you and the passion behind it the energy behind it was from my experience 
and how I felt that the abuse was being carried out by proxy. That's how I felt it was. It was continuing through the divorce process. And I wanted other people not to experience what I experienced. I want as much as I can to help people claim back their power. And I will be doing a bit more around that as well. Maybe I can add a bit in for that. So let's just break this down. Common examples of coercive control are isolating you from friends and family, depriving you of basic needs such as food, monitoring your time, monitoring you via online communication tools, taking control over aspects of your everyday life such as where you can go, who you can see, what you can wear, when you can sleep, depriving you of access to support services such as medical services, repeatedly putting you down, saying that perhaps you're, it might be that you're worthless, it might be humiliating or degrading or dehumanising you, controlling your finances, making threats or in intimidating you. Now I've done some YouTube videos on sexual coercive control and financial coercive control. Financial coercion runs hand in hand with emotional abuse or coercive control, the same as sexual coercion. But I wanted to break those two down separately because when I was recording the videos, one of them is, I think the sexual coercion is um, my top video on my YouTube channel. And I want to re-record it actually, because I've just looked at it again and thought, oh gosh, it's, uh, it's you know, it could do with updating. Not in what I'm saying, but just in the presentation of it. Sexual coercive control is persuading you, coercing you to do something that you aren't comfortable with. Emotional abuse is about manipulation and control. It's about breaking down the boundaries. So sexual coercion is unwanted sexual activity where you might feel pressured or tricked or threatened or forced and it might be in a physical way. A majority of people would see that as rape. So the definition of rape from the Metropolitan Police, and this is a couple of years ago. So it's where a person intentionally penetrates another person's vagina or anus or their mouth with a penis without the other person's consent. Sexual assault is where penetration happens and this other person penetrates vagina or anus, could be with another body part or it could be with an object. And again, that is without that person's consent. But sexual coercion is when a partner feels obliged or perhaps forced to perform a sexual act. It might be that they live in fear. If they don't carry out this act, that the consequence could be loss of the relationship. It could be through triangulation that this comes about. And it might be that they're using things like affairs. It could be that they've had an affair, they've been caught and they're coercing you into doing something that somebody else is prepared to do for them and using the excuse that they've had to have this affair because you wouldn't perform the sexual act. And over time with your self-esteem being so low and with things like infidelities that spin you into a state of confusion and don't forget there's gaslighting that goes on, the triangulation as I've mentioned, so they coerce you into performing a certain sexual act and it might be that you don't want to perform that or you don't feel comfortable participating. 
And as I said, this is about boundary breaking as well. This is about taking control over every aspect of your life. It might be that they triangulate you with somebody from another relationship. So again, they're threatening your relationship and the threat walking away from your relationship. It might be that other people have done this in other relationships for them. And with all the manipulation that goes on, it's quite easy to get caught up and do things because you're told that they're the best thing that's ever happened to you. They treat you initially in a really good way and you believe that they're looking after you and you're the only person that's ever really understood them. They might persuade you that there's something wrong with you. Other people do it and making you, your self-esteem being low anyway, making you believe that there is something wrong with you. And I said, this isn't just with sex, it can happen with money. And taking these two separately, the comments that I get on both videos are saying how other people have experienced this and believed that they were the only ones experiencing this. It's so easy to have control over someone who's got no money, who isn't able to feed themselves or clothe themselves. And in fact, this morning I had a conversation with someone and they were saying, oh, but this this person doesn't have financial issues. Her husband is really wealthy. Those statements don't go hand in hand necessarily with financial coercive control. And I've, I've known so many people that have been in this situation. Remember somebody that I knew really well saying to me at a time that I was experiencing it. You know, she said, I, I was stood there looking down at my boots and thinking, oh my gosh, her partner or now ex-partner was stood there in designer clothes nice house nice car and she said I couldn't even afford a pair of boots and I remember being in that financial situation I remember scratching round on many occasions for pennies to try and get some money together to pay for something not being able to pay rent and then being laughed at and then after the relationship, this is why it, it, I'm so passionate about stopping this abuse and building up the resilience and healing these wounds. I remember being accused of what well, you couldn't even pay the rent. And I said to my now ex-husband, but up until you turned up in my life, I had no issues. It was only when you turned up and you stopped paying or you were late paying or you withheld money that I ever had an issue. I can't pay you this month because my car, I can't do this this month because, oh, I found out I've got this big bill. Oh, I found out that this wasn't being paid and now I've got to pay this back. You then naturally step in. You then step in and all of your resources are being caught up paying for everything because you need to keep the roof over your head. You need to feed your children. You need to clothe your children. You need to pay for school trips. And this is how easy with financial control it is to manipulate someone. I'm going to break a few down. Isolating from friends and family. This is done in a way that they may question your relationships. They may question the advice that people are giving you. They may question why you're listening to someone and why you're not listening to them. They might even pick up when perhaps a friend can't make it and has let you down in some way. And they might hold on to that information and keep reminding 
reminding you that this person keeps doing that. This person repeatedly has done that to you. And it makes you start to question the loyalty within those friendship groups or family groups. And when you've got gaslighting and you're experiencing cognitive dissonance, you've been told with the gaslighting that something's true and it isn't and vice versa, your mind starts to feel under attack. And when it feels under attack, it goes into survival mode, as we do the whole of our body, our nervous system included. The hippocampus starts to close down to protect itself. And I I think it was last week I spoke about Daniel Amen, Dr. Daniel Amen, saying that we have 700 hippocampus stem cells being produced every single day, but they have to be nurtured. And if they're not nurtured, they're living in a hostile environment. They're going to shut down. And that is where our memories and our short-term information is stored. That's why it's so hard to claw back and remember. Now, what can happen, and these are some of the things I want to flip round and I want you to think about, is you might find that you isolate yourself. You might find uh, the manipulation that happens that you actually withdraw and you isolate yourself. And this can happen after the relationship as well. Your self-esteem, yourself, the way you see yourself, your perception has shrunk much like the hippocampus. You've been told so many times what's wrong with you. And then as part of the cycle of abuse, you've gone back round to this love bombing idealization stage and they've told you how amazing you are. And then a bit later, they're telling you and criticizing you for all the amazing things they think about you. They're, they're flipping it around and saying what they don't like and how they don't like the way you do something. And at first, when that starts happening, you, you might call it out and say, well, hang on a minute, or even think to yourself, that's really weird. A few weeks ago, he, he was saying he really liked the way I did that or she really liked the way I did that. And now that's flipped. So it might be because you can't trust your judgment. We spoke about loss of identity last week and this is linked to it, this manipulation and this control that takes place. Depriving of your basic needs such as food and water, maybe clothing, monitoring your time. It might be how long it takes you to go somewhere. When we went into lockdown, my biggest fear was what it was going to do to the children that were going to be living in abusive environments. I was also aware that that time on the school run might be the only break that a person gets from that toxic environment. So it might be that you have to leave to take the children to school at eight o'clock in the morning and you might walk there and it's a 20 minute walk. You might be allocated 50 minutes to do that. Why is it taking you an hour and 10 minutes? So it's that monitoring of time, how long it takes you to do something. Why is it taking you all day to do the housework? What have you been doing all day? But they can also monitor you via online communication. And I remember experiencing this. I saw my ex-husband's laptop open with somebody's profile. And she was a coach that I'd used. I think I've spoken about this before. And she just announced that she was pregnant. And I'd written congratulations. And he had her profile. He's not connected. He wouldn't know anything about her. And there he was scouring her profile. At the time, he was trying to stop me communicating. He didn't want me answering phone calls that I didn't recognize the number. Taking control over aspects of your everyday 
everyday life, where you can go, what you can do, who you can see, when you can sleep. It affects your nervous system and you live in this very alert state. And it might be that you're deprived access to support services, repeatedly putting you down. And you then end up doing this yourself. And this is why I teach some of the techniques that I teach. Questioning and reprogramming the brain and asking, is that true? When you're told something over and over again, and then through your self-esteem, the way you behave, where you feel about yourself, you might be making mistakes. You might be then carrying out the things, be careful what you wish for, always doing that. Why do you always burn that? You might be an okay cook, but all of a sudden you start to make mistakes and then you might repeat what you've been told. Oh, I'm really bad with money. Oh, I'm always burning things. I can never do this right. And that energetically affects what's going on inside your body and how you feel about yourself. And we can reprogram that and we can challenge these beliefs. These beliefs might come from childhood. It might be something that you've been told by a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher. And we can start to question, is that true? And by stopping and asking those questions, you can find examples of how it isn't true and start busting those myths that you hold about yourself and literally stepping into your own power. I've spoken about financial coercive control, making threats and intimidating you. And our experiences make us protect the person that's abusing us. And this manipulation is done so covertly that the person that's abusing us, we turn to for protection. I've just listen to, I think it was a TikTok. If I can find it again in my history, I will post a link. And it was the Ikea effect. And they gave an example of a girl that goes on a date with a guy who's wealthy and who can treat her really well. And she goes on another date with somebody who hasn't got any money. And they talk about the Ikea effect. And she picks the guy that has no money. They're saying why? Because she's been to a restaurant. She hasn't had to do very much. A car picked her up. And she was treated like a queen. She was taken out. Everything was paid for. She was dropped back to her home. And she texts the guy, messaged the person and said, thank you so much. I've had a really lovely evening. A few days later, she goes out with this other guy. He didn't have very much money, but he's really honest. And he says, I've just had to invest some money in something. It means I'm a bit short of cash. But if you're prepared to come with me, We'll go and we'll go to the park and we'll do a bit of busking. We'll get some money together and then we'll go and have something to eat. So that's what they do. She helps him. I think the example was that they ended up with a ticket or a fine for busking. And in the end, they get a taco each and they had to share a drink because there wasn't quite enough money. And they were saying about the Ikea effect and you invite somebody around to your home and you've bought a piece of furniture. And Ikea is a low to mid-range furniture shop that you self-assemble. So they say, as a visitor, if you went into someone's home, you go, oh, that's quite a nice table. If I was to give that a rating out of 10, I'd give it a seven. The person that owns the, that piece of furniture might give it a nine or a 10 out of 10. And they were talking about the investment and the, the why this girl has picked the guy with no money because of the investment in that relationship. When you're rating 
your IKEA purchase, you've self-assembled this, you've put it together. So as part of your energy has gone into that process. It hasn't arrived in a box that you unpack. I remember having loads of hassle with an IKEA dining room table and the bolts didn't fit and having to go backwards and forwards and sort it all out and find the right ones that did. But there was an investment in time and this is what they're saying. It's a self-assembly. So you've made that. They were also talking about cakes and they were saying that the box cakes used to come and all you had to do was add water. People weren't invested in that and they weren't buying that product that literally just add water, put it in the oven because that was all you had to do. They didn't feel there was any part of their energy. And so the cake manufacturers decided to take their eggs out and the milk out and they sold it that you add your own milk and add your own eggs and then you make it because you've put more into it they were starting to see the sales of these products go up and this is the slot machine effect anyone who has watched friends there's a scene where they're in vegas with phoebe going round and she's plowing money into a slot machine and i think it's an old woman that's following her around she's collecting or scooping up to see what the money is and it's this investment and this is what's happened this is why it's so hard to walk away from these relationships you've invested time and energy and each time you went to leave there was another promise there was a fake future that's dangled like a carrot in front of you they change their behavior or they throw what your future is going to look like in front of you and like like Phoebe or the woman standing there with a pot of coins keep feeding the coins the coins represent your time your money your energy your love everything that you've put into that relationship and the fake future is the jackpot that's what you're waiting for you're waiting for that jackpot and you're caught there not able to move away the fear of moving away is so huge. But what caught you at that machine is the coercive control, the deprivation, the dehumanization, the humiliation, the degrading. This old woman is following Phoebe round because she's waiting. Phoebe walks away from that machine and this woman puts a dollar in. The chances are that this woman is going to get the investment of time and money that Phoebe's fed into the machine and that is the same as these relationships this is why it's so hard to walk away coercive control as i said is a law i did find a really interesting article which i'm going to record for youtube um, from time magazine but I, another question that's being asked around coercive control is how do you prove it how do you prove coercive control when you didn't know you're in a abusive relationship how can you get that information when you've walked away and then realized afterwards perhaps you can sit down and i think this is really as part of your healing it's really important to do also part of combating rumination and those moments when you believe this is all your fault perhaps you're the narcissist you're asking that question and you're going over what happened and then wondering whether it was you i'll also put this link into the description box below as well because they're saying look at copies of emails phone records text messages evidence of abuse over the internet tapes and transcripts from maybe 999 calls that is more physical abuse cctv body worn video footage medical records where I would say you'd be able to 
gather evidence would be text messages, maybe emails, bank statements. I don't know why they're not on there. Bank statements to prove that this happened. If you can remember the names of the people and the scenarios where perhaps you were coerced sexually and there's a triangulation that's going on. In fact, the A to Z might help you. The A to Z of emotional abuse, it will help you put everything in order in your head that makes sense so you can understand and process what actually happened because there are times where you're battling what happened was that abusive or wasn't abusive are you the abusive person writing out your story when I wrote finding Lily in a way that helped me process something that had happened 26 years before it helped me realize what was going on so if you can see and get that story out so you can see the patterns that's what happened when I wrote finding Lily I saw the patterns from one relationship emerging black and white as the ink hit the paper because I hand wrote it to start with. I could see the patterns. I knew they were there. When you can actually see something in black and white, it's a bit more than an inner standing. It's like you see something that you can't now unsee. So example of things that you need to prove coercive control might be quite difficult. Who would think to wear a body video unless you are awake to coercive control and you're trying to get out of the relationship if you haven't realized that that relationship was emotionally abusive you're not going to know to do this and if you've walked away or even if you've been discarded you can write your story out and your story is compelling evidence of what the patterns were in the relationship and it might be then that somebody might say can you prove that have you got information on that financial coercive control might be that the money went into somebody else's account and you were allowed or allocated a small amount and it might be that the accounts from the other party can be requested proving that they were withholding funds my whole thing about coercive control is one I'm absolutely so passionate about people understanding it and realising the degree. When I saw my ex-husband scaring Facebook and following me around, I found it weird. Then I realised that actually it's quite controlling. The money side, I found quite controlling. And I'd already said that I was never going to be put in that position because I'd already experienced it in my other marriage. And here I was experiencing again. But the isolation things, the things around isolating myself, I think that's really important to understand. That is the cause of abuse, where you start humiliating and degrading yourself and you start repeating what's been said to you. That is the result of abuse and it might be overwhelming your head might be spinning your body might be you might lose control of all of your emotions your body is the safest place that you can be in your head has been tricked into believing all this information that isn't true start grounding yourself start feeling into your body and it might be that you're not ready for this but body exercises simple things like walking gentle exercises not anything really stressful putting strain on your body things like yoga and you might find you can go on youtube and get so much information it might be that you find someone who does a 10 or 15 minute routine that's maybe all you can cope with to start with as you build yourself back up again but body exercises and things that are grounding and keeping you in your body 
that is so important and writing that story out and it might be that you can't do anything about the coercive control because it's out of your country and it's not a law in your country but that story can help you see that this was abusive and you can start to break down bit by bit staying in your body grounding breathing and regulating your nervous system and then once you've done that you can go deeper and then into the wounds abuse affects so many different levels meditation can help you guided meditation is probably the better way of doing it when you're coming out of these relationships you've got so many voices going on in your head so many things something happens and then you've got a voice that contradicts it or there's a voice telling you you shouldn't be doing something or that you always get that wrong we always do that wrong or it's always your fault that something happens or that you're never you're never good at such and such and these voices are there all of the time and on top of that you can't sleep i mean this is my experience so and then there's the nightmares the very real nightmares and my experience was that i was being held down and attacked then there's the adrenal fatigue i'll put a link to the podcast on that the cortisol kicks in you go to bed you can't sleep the moment you go to sleep it's time to wake up stress hormones that are playing around with the whole physiology of your body self-esteem where you don't feel worthy for some people if they haven't dealt with this if they have got money or they were awarded money through the divorce they can make if they're not in a good place can make some bad or poor decisions with regards to money maybe giving it away because they don't feel worthy this is why it's so important to get everything in order so that you can then move forward and heal the wounds and create the most amazing life that you were born to live abuse free and show people, lead people. I've just updated, I'll put this in the link as well, I've just updated the self-care workbook, which is a free workbook. And I use an example of that in there of somebody that I've worked with and the work that she was doing on herself, she didn't know was having an impact on her sister and her mother. And it was just so profound. And then to be able to point that out, her mother changed her life around completely, watching how her daughter was breaking the patterns and healing and growing and being becoming a more powerful person following the breakup of her marriage. And the mother went and changed her life, as did her sister. It was just amazing to watch and to hear the stories. That could be you as well. And I hope it's given you the inspiration to do that to understand what's going on inside you. As always, I'm sending you loads and loads and loads of love until next time.